Join me in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 10 verses again for you, but our emphasis for this afternoon will be on verse 10. Um, I'll read for you from the ESV version of the Bible. Hear now the word of God. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin, in which you you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit as now is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, somebody says, but God. But God being rich in mercy because of great love with which he loved us, even where we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together by grace. You have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places and Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your undoing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Somebody says workmanship. Created um, in Christ Jesus for good works. It's a good works. Which God prepared before us that we should walk in them. Say walk in them. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. I want to preach this afternoon from this simple subject. Saved, or question rather, saved for what? Say with me. Saved for what? Come on, say with an attitude. Saved. For what? One of the things I love to do um, when I'm driving long distance or places that seems that's not very populated, you would see certain signs that says homes in X amount of money, X thousands of dollars, a hundred thousands of dollars. But what you would see, it's a big land or big lot and this big lot what it has it has one single home that's on it so what it is is that um, the the builders the, the the developers they buy this huge vast of land where they've studied that there's going to be people who will be living there but no one is there yet but they want to buy houses for people like you and I to buy what, what they want to build houses for people like you and I to buy. What they've done, they built one single home in a vast land. And so therefore, as you drive by, if you're looking to buy a house, you stop by into this big land. What you see there is called a model home. The model home is designed to attract prospective buyers. In other words, they build one single home that's going to be, if you will, the 
the, 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 the replica upon which every single other house is built. So now you may see a vast land, but the developer has a master plan upon which that they want to build this community. But they build a single home. And the single home is what is called the attraction. It's supposed to attract you. Now, I'm going to get somewhere with this, but I want you to understand this. Just before I get in the text, you are God's model home. God has saved you through Christ Jesus so that there is a world out there that if they, if when they know, when they see what God has done, once they know where you came from and where you were, what God has done, they realize that, of course, there is a God. Because now, you that used to be nothing, you are now a model home. Walk with me through the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is one of Paul's, what they call prison letters. Um, Ephesians, Philippians, um, Paul wrote this, and, and, and Philemon, and Paul wrote those letters while Paul was in prison. In the book of Ephesians, the theme around the book is it's simple. It's God who's building a holy community, right? Is creating and how this community is supposed to live in this world. Not only God is the one who's building the community, aka God is building, God has this vast land, right? He's building houses upon houses. Now, so he's building it not just for houses to be there, but for people to see how houses are supposed to be built. Now, I'm not talking about houses. I'm talking about you and I, of course. God is building, God is saving us, and God is building us and for the world to see how we're supposed to be. That's the main theme of the book of Ephesians. Now, the book is divided into two categories. Y'all know I got to teach the Bible before I get into my text. By the way, a text without a context is a pretext, and any pretext is a lie. So, the first three chapters is doctrinal. Somebody says doctrinal. So what Paul makes the emphasis in the first three chapters is our position in Christ, where we stand in Christ. And if you read the book of Ephesians, you're going to realize there's a lot of in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. One of these days we may do a sermon series in Christ just to see where we are in Christ. And can I tell you something? Let me get off my manuscript for a moment. If you're not in Christ this afternoon, we can stop the service right now. If you want to run to be in Christ, where you are saved and secure in Christ, I don't need to preach anymore. Because if you come to be in Christ right now, that's what God is all about. So now, in the first chapter, chapter one, the emphasis is on what God has done for us. Right? And it shows God's sovereignty. In chapter 2, which is our chapter, it's about grace. It's what God has done in us. Chapter 3 is what God has done between us. God has reconciled us and him through, in Christ Jesus. And in and, and the second part, which would be the chapter 4 through 6, we see now it's a more practical aspect of our faith. Remember what I told you the theme was? God is not only... Uh, I'm building, but it's showing us how to live in this world. So in chapter 4 through 6, it's our practical life on earth, how we practice what we believe on earth. So now it's more so what you call a horizontal relationship with others. And we see in chapter 4, uh, um, 1 through 16, we see our new unity. 
in chapter 4 uh, um, through chapter 6, chapter 4, 17 through 6 through 9, we see our new walk, how we walk in this, in this world. And in chapter 6, 10, uh, um, 10 to 20, we see our sh new strength. That's how we're able to fight the devil. That's how we're able to withstand. That's the book of Ephesians in a nutshell. Now, in our passage, in our passage, what the Apostle Paul is teaching us, this is my sermon in, in, in a phrase, or in two sentences, is teaching us that we are saved by grace and not of good works, lest any one of us shall go say, I did this. Can I, can I give you an illustration? One of the things that bothers me when people graduated, when people have done anything, they go and post on social media, I did it. You didn't do nothing. I know, I know, I know that's not popular. <laughs> I know <laughs> the whole world's about you. No, you didn't do jack squat. No, God did it. God did it. See, whenever somebody says, I did it, you are now taking the credit. See, here in our text, because you can say, I went to school, I paid my way, I give my, you know, I got the grades, but what you forgot is this. <laughs> Who gave you life to breathe? <laughs> so, until you can give yourself your own breath, you can say, I did it. So Paul is saying here, this, in this passage, he's teaching us we are saved by grace, infinite grace of God, not of works, that we should not boast. And he says that we are his workmanship, not of our own, which means that what we do is not what we want to do. We do what God set forth for us to do. I wish I had a witness. Let me say this again. What you and I do is not what we just desire to do. What you and I do, rather, is what God has ordained for us to do. I got three points, and you know, I'm a Baptist preacher. I got, I got three points, right? Number one, number one, based on the text, check this out. You are God's greatest achievement. Somebody says, I am God's greatest achievement. Notice this. I didn't say you are God. I said, you are God's. In other words, God is the one that possesses you. Watch the text with me. It says this. First part of the text says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his personal pronoun, not you. See, can I break, can I break something to you? It's either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil. One way or the other, you not your own. It's either God is your daddy or the devil's your daddy. Now, I know that's not politically correct. But see, here, once you are saved, you are saved by grace. And it says this, because as a result of this, you are God's workmanship. Can, can, can we work the text here real quick? Can, can we, let, let's, let's work it out. The word workmanship means that which is made. In other words, it's a work of art. It comes from this word in the Greek poema where we find our English word poem. And, and, and what it refers to, it's a piece of 
literary workmanship. In other words, it's what you would call, um, in, in the Latin, it's what they call uh, a magnum opus, which would literally means it's when somebody writes something, the, the, literary, the, the literature is considered to be an achievement of the highest esteem. What it is in so many words, that's why the NIV translation of some of the translations says it's a masterpiece. What you and I are, we are God's masterpiece. And we are God's crown achievement in all creations. Why? It's a simple answer. Nothing else made in God's image but you. Oh, I got one, two witnesses. Look, let me say this again. See how much people love their dogs? Right? I mean, I see dogs on strollers now. You, you know, dog seating is a huge business. People walk dogs for a lot for a living. A dog wasn't made in God's image. You may love your money. Money is a created thing. Money was not made in God's image. Even though the American Dallas is in God, we trust, they've been trusting God. So your money can do none for you. Are you all with me? But let me put it to you this way. You were the one in Genesis. God says, let us make men into our own image. Which means when you were created, you are God's crown achievement. And you are God's own masterpiece. Um, one of my sisters from New Jersey, when she calls, she says, hey, Sint. Hello, Sint. S-A-I-N-T. She, she, she says, if you see a lot of people, say, hey, Sint, how y'all doing? You know, you are a Sint. A, a Sint here, well, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. It's not that you are perfect, but you've been made perfect in Christ. I, I wish I had one or two witnesses. See, see, you are not just somebody. Somebody can call you. Look, look, I tell people this. You can call me anything. Well, just don't call me some names the world call me. But just know this. I am a sin. Not because I've done anything that render me perfect. But it's because I have a Savior that bled and died, and based on that, I am perfect. So Paul is saying that the saints of God are, are his masterpieces. I mean, um, the, the, the saints are God's greatest achievement. The saints are the greatest work of a master potter. I mean, it's so funny when you put the clay in a potter's hands, what they can do with it. If you put clay in my hands, it just, and the good Creole, la boo in my hands. It's just mud in my hands. But when you take the, 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 when you put mud into the potter's hands, what the potter can do with this mud, it, it's, it's unimaginable. But if you put mud in my hand, <laughs> it's just going to be mud and make my hand dirty. So, in that sense, realizing this, God took you who were nothing, and God says, you, 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 God says, I am giving you grace. And how do we define grace? Grace is God's favor. Grace is what you don't deserve. 
Grace is you, you getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is taking away what you deserve. Uh, you, 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 you understand? Let, let, let me jump in my summary real quick. When you become God's masterpiece, realizing this, you are no longer a sinner. You are now a saint. When you are sinning, the Bible says when you sin, you are working. Y'all don't believe me. Woman says this, the wages of sin is what? What do you earn a wage for? It's only when you work. Not, not the song, work, work, not, not that song. It's not, not Rihanna. It, it, when you work, you earn a wage. When you sin, you earn a wage. And the wage is a four-letter word, H-E-L-L. Praise be to God. <laughs> Praise be to God that he made provision in Christ Jesus. Those of us who have placed our faith in Christ Jesus. And now, because we place our faith in Christ Jesus, we are now saved by grace. In other words, God took the bill and gave us mercy. And then, on top of that, he gave us grace. And that's why you and I become masterpiece. Watch what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.5. 5. It says, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. Fashion here means, it's, 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 it's the, 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 the Greek word, it, it means katagazomai. And it's a compound word. It means, it's, it's, it's a work when you do it, it comes to an exact, an exact definite conclusion. In other words, it's something that when it's done, you cannot add to it. In other words, mic drop. When God made you, he dropped the mic. Uh, I, I got, I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe this is clear in my head, but it, maybe it's not, you're not getting it. When God made you, it's mic drop. It's done. In other words, when you place your faith in Christ Jesus, and it took away your punishment, and he gave you something that you cannot earn, but he gave you something free that you don't deserve, and then now, watch you work. Watch you live in this world. We are God's masterpiece. When you stop to think about the raw materials God has to work with when he saves sinners and changes life, you have to think of it as becoming more incredible. That's why when you have to think back of where God saved you from. I don't know about you, but for me, every now and then, I have to remind myself, you know, like a good old Haitian Creole songs, L'homme songe kote m'teye. L'homme songe kote Christe pom. When I remember where I was, when I remember where God took me from, that's why anybody who don't think they've been anywhere cannot be saved. Anybody who don't think they don't, Sin. Oh, there are other ways. No, 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 no. No other gods, small g, can make masterpiece. Created things.
things cannot make masterpiece. But only God can make something that comes to the exact definite conclusion. That's what we're talking about here. It's something that comes to the perfect achievement. Oh, you are God's greatest love letters. When God had this poem that he created in you and I, who've accepted his grace and mercy, we become his greatest love letters. That's why we become this model home. That the world who's seeking for love, the world who's looking to know what love is. You know, there was a song, good old song that says, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. All, they have, all somebody got to do is look at a Christian. If they look at a true Christian, they have to know what love is. Last week, we, Pastor Lewis talked about the security of salvation. If you are really, really saved, if you are securely saved, your life is God's love letter to a lost world, to a dead world. God has written his love in you and on you. And through you, he tells the world that he loves sinners. I don't know if that ever happens to you. You go to your old stopping ground where you used to sin, where they used to know you as a sinner, and then now they see something different about you. You don't have to say anything. They're like, whoa, Perry, you changed. It's not, I didn't change. God changed me. I couldn't do it myself. God changed me. You know, you've went into grocery stores with, with all people that you used to cuss with, used to do all these things with, and then they see you now. They said, whoa, they now see you. They watch their language. They now see you without you having to say much. Can, can, I, can, I, can I say something? If you are a Christian and you notice that people are comfortable in, around you to disrespect God, to swear, to live however they want. Something is not in line. Are you guys with me? It's not because you go around and puff up your chest and say, no, 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 no. God does not put a model home for it to be dirty. The model home is always clean. Why? There's always prospective buyers that are coming in. One, two, three, okay, let me say it again. The, the model home is always in tip-top shape, condition. Why? Because every moment of the day, the builder it knows that that home is what's going to build the other houses on the lot. Let me ask you a question. What shape are you in this, this afternoon? What spiritual shape are you in this afternoon? Can we keep it real? Pandemic. Are you reading your Bible? Pandemic. 
Have you forgotten about God because God never forget about you? You're still breathing. It, 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 it's, it's funny. It's sad. Our church now have two days a week for funerals. Friday and Saturday. Pastor said this morning, there is, they buried two people at the same time. A mother and a daughter. Yesterday. Oh, one of those days. Two people at the same, a mother and a daughter. I mean, you want to do a, a, a check? You still got breath coming through. So, 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 don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. You are God's model homes. For a dying world to know that there's a God. The hope that Jesus sung about. The hope that we have. The love. That's what it is. The masterpiece. It doesn't just say, there, I'm a word study kind of guy. It says, created. Created is in the text. Are you guys with me? Created. Created means to form or to shape. It's to make something out of nothing. God take you who was nothing and give you his grace. I don't know why. I, 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 I'm missing my Creole singing song. Me who was nothing, God has given me grace. And it is in his promise. I'm living based on God's promise. I who was nothing, God has poured his grace into me. In other words, God took something, God took nothing, and he created something. And this something that he created is so special that no one can take away from it, no one can add from it. That is you and me when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And notice this. What is that song? You are not a God created by human hands. See, notice this. Our faith, our salvation, us becoming a masterpiece was not created by somebody. It wasn't created by some literature. It wasn't created by some philosophical ideas. He was created by a savior who walked on this earth, who died, and he rose on the third day. Because he died, because he lived, that's what our faith is built on. Oh, created something out of nothing. And here it is, you become something new. This masterpiece, this, 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 this work of art, this greatest literature achievement, this thing, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if someone is in Christ, is a new creation. The old have passed and all have become new. I'm in the Baptist church, you all got to know your Bible verse. We are God's. Masterpiece. When I'm looking at this room, all these faces I'm seeing, if you put your faith in Christ, 
I'm seeing living, breathing testimony that God is still in the business of making masterpieces. I can never say this enough. I am the grandson of people who serve voodoo. God is still making masterpieces. I, I, I know, I know y'all were born and saved since the, since the room, but let me say it again. <laughs> My grandparents served voodoo. God saved me. God is still in the masterpiece-making business. That's what God is doing, because why he makes it, it's still there in the verse, in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus reminds us where the ground upon which salvation rests. There is salvation. Salvation is found in no one else. Acts 4.12. Nothing other than Jesus Christ. There's no other name upon which you can be saved than Jesus Christ. When you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. You want to be a masterpiece? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to do great things? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to achieve great things? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to be famous? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. That faith by grace is what makes us a masterpiece. I I, I, got to move on, but I want to read to you how Eugene Peterson put this and why we cannot take credit. That's why we cannot say we did it. Listen to what it says. It says, now God has, uh, um, Eugene Peterson, uh, um, the message translation says, now God has us where he wants us with all the time in, in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all of his idea and all of his work and all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around and brag all about it, that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor ourselves, nor save ourselves. God does, God does both the making and the saving. He creates us by Christ Jesus to join him in the works, the good works he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Now, let me move to my second point. Not only you are God's greatest achievement, but second, your life will be marked by good works. Your life will mark by good works. Watch this. It says, created in Jesus. I'm still in the second part of verse 10. It says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Let me get something straight. Works do not save us, but work salvation. That's, that's theology right here. There's nothing we can do that would force to earn a salvation. We cannot work our way. I, I, I grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic. You have to, you have the rosemary. You have to pray, you have to do certain things, and you have your pilgrimage. You know, I was supposed to be a priest. I will, I will bless you like this, right? I was, I, was, I was an altar boy. You have to kind of earn your way. All the other religions in the world 
all the other religions in the world. You have to earn your way for the nirvana or next level, whatever they call it. But here, good works are not the characteristics upon which you are saved. However, somebody say however. Once you are saved, good works are the byproduct of your salvation. I, I, I know that may not be deep for you. Um, as surely as, as you are truly saved, good works will mark your life. The word good means that which excels. It is useful. It is good in nature. In other words, the Christian cannot be mediocre. I can't get no help this afternoon, but that's all right. The Christian cannot be mediocre. Um, I have this thing that I tell my children. I don't... I, my son is sitting here. He can testify. He'll tell you if I'm lying. I said to my son, it's a very simple thing. Is this your very best? Because if it's not, it's unacceptable. I want you to give me the very best of your ability into whatever it is that you are doing. That's the work that we put forth. When an employer has to say this, I don't want to hire a Christian because they are the laziest people on earth. That's not, that's not the masterpiece. That's not how the masterpiece works. Did I lose y'all? Is, is this thing still on? In other words, when you are saved, good works are what you do as a result of salvation. You give the very best of what you have. Literally, the word in the Greek has this essence. It's intrinsically Good. It's as the believer, it's something that you've been empowered by God that you cannot do anything but the very best that you got. That's why I love this. I can sing. I know my good works is not singing. Somebody say, Praise God. My good works is not singing. The good works upon which I am called to do is not singing. I love to sing, but it's not singing. Now, whatever it is, we're going to see this in application in a minute. Whatever you are called to do, you, you know why it's good works? Because you're doing it unto God. It's something God ordained for you to do. Good works have their origin in love. Good works are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Good works are ordained by God. The child of God... The child of God will evidence a life that occupy with the deeds that reflect well on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you can't be lazy. That's why you can't be late. You can't be late at work. I know you work in a secular job, yet God bless you there. Because God wants a masterpiece, a model home to be there. So therefore, guess what? You better be on time. You better do your work. You better have the highest work ethics when you are the one who is saved in an unsafe place. 
Because God called you to do good works. When they see your good works, when they see how much you stand, how, how, how well you do your job, they're going to be like, wait a minute, why do you even respect this manager or this supervisor that, that show up late, but you show up on time and do the work and don't get the credit? Why? You said, because you know why? I'm not doing it unto my supervisor. I'm doing it unto the Lord. Why is it that you children and your, you don't slack with a C, with a D, with an F, so everybody else is getting an F? Why? It's because you're not doing it unto your teacher. You're not doing it unto your parents. You're doing it unto the Lord. Now, as a parent, you better bring me an A at home. <laughs> but you're doing your work unto God because it's your good works that's set for you to do in advance. I got to move on. I'm almost done. In the first part, we see that you are God's greatest achievement. In the second part, you see that your life will mark, will be marked, that's supposed to be, will be marked by good works. But lastly, you must walk in God's purpose. The last part of it says, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. When Paul refers to good works, it's talking about the work that God set before time for you to do. Check this out. I don't know any other deity that saved you and set good works for you to do to glorify his name. I don't know any other one. Only God. See, when we see, it says this. There's two things that's clear here. The statement makes it clear that God expects his people to walk in good works. To walk means to make one's way, to regulate one's life, to make full use of the opportunities. Are you making full use of the opportunities that God has given you? Or are you a complainer? I know this, the sermon this morning is not the, is not the most excited sermon, but are you maximizing what God has given you? You do realize that you will give an account as to whether or not you obey God enough to do what he called you to do. Are you maximizing? I'm asking myself this question too. The very that I can with what God has given me. The word good works is used in this tense that suggests that it's once for all decision to work in good works. In other words, it's not that I walk in good works temporarily. Um, it's a sad, it's a sad narrative for someone to begin to walk with God and somewhere along the way, drop God. See, the good works that God set for you, it's not six months, it's not 10 years, it's not 12 years, it's a lifetime. The Christian, the masterpiece, stands as the model home, not just temporarily. As a matter of fact, some of you may not realize this, some people end up buying the model home 
after the whole community has been built. But the thing is this, God owns the model home. So that's the difference between those model homes because somebody can buy it, but God already paid for it. In other words, we can't be non-committal to God. God wants commitment. You see those athletes who dedicate themselves to the highest level? Let's take LeBron James. He doesn't eat all kind of junk food. LeBron James, as th- at 35 now, they're going to be 35 in December, is still the best player in the world. And his body is still in tip-top shape. Do you know how much money, how much millions of dollars LeBron James put into his body? The discipline, the work. He, is, he's, he, he even has an oxygen tank in his house for him to go to be recharged. You don't see LeBron James is on his way to be a multi-billion dollar athlete by just neglecting what got them his billion of that billions of dollars. He, he makes sure he is consistent. He makes sure there's a commitment that LeBron James doesn't do what the average person does. While you eat McDonald's, he doesn't eat McDonald's. Because he knows this body of his is what the gift that God has given to him is with basketball. He does the very best that he can to make sure that he maximizes it. If LeBron, I'm not sure if he's safe or not. If LeBron can see this, can think like that, how much more for you and I, who opens the Bible supposedly on a daily basis or at least on a weekly basis, we have to be committed, committed to this, to this way of life. Committed because God intends for us to live this way. And can I give you a stark warning? When you decommit yourself to this way of life, it's to your own peril. I don't care how old you are. Stick with Jesus. Stick with God. Nothing else in this world will satisfy. He is the well that will never run dry. So if you stick with him, if you walk with him, guess what? The good works that is set for you to do, you continue to do it. You say, what's my purpose? There it is. There's your purpose right here. Ephesians 2.10. You is masterpiece created the good works. Here's the thing. Not everyone of us is going to be a preacher. Praise the Lord. Let Dave and I preach. You do what you do. Ask me how this camera works. I don't know. That's not my job. Praise the Lord. But I don't know how it works. This mic, I know there's a button back this thing they put up. That's all I know. But now, notice this. The person who makes sure the mic works at the right level they are in their purpose. Just as much as me standing up here preaching, I'm in my purpose. Just as much as you being the nurse or the teacher or whatever it is, you are in your purpose. 
You are in the purpose God set forth for you. Now the question is this, are you being faithful to God? So now, how does God expect us to, to work, to walk in our purpose? Because you said for what? Say for what? What do you say for? How, how am I supposed to walk in this purpose? I'm glad you asked. Number one, you got to work in love. You got to do it in love. Why? God is love. Everything about God is love. You, you, you want to know how loving God is? Read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is kind. Love doesn't boast. Love does not envy. Love is patient. God is love. How do I do these things? I do it in love. It doesn't matter how much God is elevating you. Do it in love. It, it, it's funny. Um, <laughs> you know, with, with some of my friends, we talk all the time. And, and, and it's, it's funny. When we talk, they're like, Perry. In certain places where we are, they're like, Pastor Perry. <laughs> right? And sometimes they have to kind of, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you call me, but I understand what the, the, the purpose is. Right? Because what it is when we are together, yeah. But we're in public, they have to, there's a formality. Right? But guess what? It doesn't matter if they call me Perry or Pastor Perry. But whatever we're doing, me, the pastor, I'm, I'm working on my purpose, I'm doing love. You who's doing the worship, you're doing it in love. That's why you cannot have a mean worship leader up here. You can have a mean pastor up here because you can't do it in love. And not only you do it in love, you do it in obedience. And obedience to, to the one who made you the masterpiece who set the good work for you to do in advance. Not just that. Faithfulness. Be faithful. The Bible says this, if you are faithful and little, you will be given much. Have you ever wondered, even financially or educationally, why aren't you being given much? Check the level of faithfulness that you have and the little that you got. God and his economy doesn't waste. God will not bless you with 100 bucks if you can give $10, um, if you think $10 tithing is too much. I know, I know, I know. I'm the pastor, I can talk about money. You, 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 want, you, want to see, you want to see a bigger paycheck? You want to see an increase? Be faithful. You want to graduate? Be faithful in your study. Instead of social media, get in the books. I know, I, I can get no help up in here. TikTok can be very addicting, can it? But you have two chapters that, that's due for reading. Read the chapters, put the TikTok down. Guess what? After you graduate, TikTok will still be there. The Buddha Bay, they still be there too. Be faithful in what God called you to do. Not just love, doing in love, not just in obedience, not just in faithfulness, but doing in holiness. God calls you to be holy. He says, be holy because I am holy. Which means you can't be like the world. You ain't Beyonce, nor are you Jesse either. You can't. That's not who you're called to be. Can I put a parenthesis here? Somebody say, I have way too, many, too much parenthesis in my sermon. That, that's the only one. You can't dress like them. You can't talk like them. 
Being says half naked most of the time. You can't be half naked most of the time. I don't know. Can we play Jay-Z up in here to worship God this morning? Can we play his songs? No. Then guess what? You ain't called to be, be Jay-Z. Nor Kanye, nor anybody else for that matter. God set work for you to do that would reflect him in love, reflect him in obedience, reflect him in faithfulness, and in holiness. That's not the only question we got to answer. Now you said, how do I walk into this? So then, how do I distinguish from all the good works? How do I know which ones I'm supposed to do? Well, good, good questions. What is, your, what, what, what is the natural inclination that God has given you? The answers. You, you, can, you, can, you can project the answers, um, uh, um, Danny. There's something inside of you that God has placed. Something in, inside of you that you know you are good at. I, I, you know, I never wanted to be a preacher, but I can talk. I love to read. Do you see the connection here? What does preacher do? I love to encourage people, but I never want to be a preacher. Do you see the natural inclination God has placed inside of me? If you're good with numbers, you're not a preacher. You're an accountant. You're a financier or whatever. If, 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 if your hands is steady and you're good at biology and chemistry, you're a doctor. That's what God, God is not calling you to be a preacher. Don't try to be something. I can't even see blood. I see blood and I'm about to pass out. You think I could be a doctor? My mama wanted me to be a doctor. That's what she wanted me to do. But that's not what God deposited into me. As you are listening to me, as, well, as I'm about to close, ask yourself, what is God? What, is, what, he, what, what has he deposited in you? What is your ability? What abilities do you have? What are you good at? What are you good at that's not against the word of God? I wish I can sing like Wayne. I wish I can worship like Wayne. Oh, man, I'll be up here. Ooh, I, oh. But that ain't me. I can't play the kids like Tim. And if you don't know those two, then simply this, ask God a question. I say, God, well, what, what do you want me to do? Good old school, what do you want me to do? I don't care how old you are, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to cuss? Do you want me to dress half naked? Is that what God wants you to do? No. I'm done. If you didn't get what I'm trying to say the whole sermon, Jesus is the model. God created men. Men couldn't do it. Adam sinned. And from Adam, many others come. David, David had a woman problem. Solomon, Solomon had a woman problem. John the Baptist, he wasn't it. Peter wasn't it. Moses, he had a temper issues. But see, when God realized that none of these men 
could be the model, the indefinite pronoun, the indefinite um, article, the, not the, not a, the, the only model, indefinite article. And God says, you know what? We're going to come down and take care of this ourselves. It's in Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life on earth. He took our sins and gave us, gave us his righteousness. And so that when you ask, why am I saved? Saved for what? You're saved to be the model because Jesus is the model. Would you bind join me in prayer? Father, we bless you. We thank you for making us the model. This model in this world, to be the model in this world, a dying world, a lost world. Lord, would it be at our schools, at our jobs, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, with our friends. Let us be this masterpiece that you've set good works for us to do. And let us model this life that you've given us. Father, knowing that You've told us we are your greatest achievement. And our lives ought to be marked by good works. And we must walk into our purpose. Father, may this be upon every single person under the sound of my voice, whether it be in the sanctuary or on this live streaming, or on the radio, that they would know that they are saved to be the model home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.